0: Get your Bibles out. Did you bring your Bibles? Amen. I hope you did. Praise the Lord. How many of y'all know you can't grow without your word? If you don't have your sword, you're going to die. Amen. Pastor, is it that serious? It's that serious. You need to have your sword with you. sword is what gives you strength. sword is what causes you to grow. sword is what gives you something bigger than your opinion to declare in the middle of a storm. Every time that I've been in a struggle, the word is what carries me. It's not my opinions. My opinions usually kill me. Can I get an amen from somebody? My opinions usually destroy me because I say things that are contrary to the word. But when I have the word in me, then all of a sudden I start saying things that are contrary to my opinions. And I start declaring facts instead of my feelings. Man, could you imagine if a bunch of believers started declaring the facts of the word, not their feelings? Where we might end up. Well, we're in part four of Back to Basics. How many of y'all have enjoyed the last three weeks? Last week we dealt with more than a conqueror. Anybody conquered anything this week? If you know that Christ loved you, you're more than a conqueror. It's already done. It's already settled. All you got to do is live it. You don't have to live as a survivor. You are a conqueror. We might as well just live every day of our lives like this. But today we're going to step into a new scripture in the book of Isaiah, chapter 40. The book of Isaiah, chapter 40, in verse 31. A lot of you have heard this one before. In fact, I think a lot of us have read it the wrong way. Pastor Troy, are you in the room? Will you do me a favor? Go to the back and grab me a, 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 a towel. Just a towel. Not a big one. Maybe the one off my desk. That would probably be perfect because um, I, I just had a, I had a revelation as I was looking at this, and we're going to get to it. Amen. Book of Isaiah, chapter 40, if you got it, say, I got it. Got it. How many of you just said, I got it, because you looked at the screen? Be honest. <laughs> I got it, pastor. You put it up. Amen. Okay. Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 31, it says this. You ready? But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Can we read that one more time? But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Can we pray real quick before we get into the word this morning? Father, we need you to speak to us today. Father, let me get out of the way so that they can hear your voice clearly, so that it can speak to their lives, so that they can be launched forward into the purpose and destiny they have on their lives. Today, God, we declare the fullness of your word to have its way in our lives. And Lord, we seal it by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all ever heard this scripture before? Come on, wave at me. If you haven't heard it, wave at me. Well, that's what I thought. So, some of y'all are just not participating this morning. I appreciate that. So, let me try this again. How many of you have ever heard this scripture before? Okay, y'all know this is interactive church. Y'all know I'm going to call on you. You might as well get in. You you wave at everything else. You talk to everything else. You might as well talk back to me this morning. And most of y'all got caffeine on the inside of you, so you might as well just jump on in. We've heard this scripture before. This scripture has been quoted. It's on every T-shirt. It's on every poster. It's on all kinds of stuff. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And we go, man, amen, that's what I need. The problem is, is that we read it out of context because there are verses that lead up to this scripture that we skip away from that God has placed in his word so that you can understand the fullness of this moment. You ready for this? Go back with me for just a second to verse 28, and I love what it asks in this moment. It says this, have you not known and have you not heard? Now, I want to stop right there for a second. Because there are a lot of times that we sit in the church and we listen, but we do not know. There's a lot of times that we sit in the church and hear good preaching and we have not heard. And I'm going to tell you why. Because we are locked up to the conditions of our life rather than coming into the house of the Lord ready to receive. I, can I just say this to you as a sidebar for just a second? I think a lot of times we come into the church hoping that somebody will help us receive rather than coming with an, expecta- an expectation of receiving. We come to God going, God, will you fix me first so that I can receive? As opposed to coming to God and saying, God, I might be broken, but I'm ready to receive what you have for me. There is an expectation that we have to come in when we hear the word. How many times do you need to hear a word before you finally get it? Now, y'all, how many of y'all ever, y'all got kids? Y'all got kids. How many times have you told your children to clean up their room? My children over here going, Dad, stop. Shut up, Dad, stop it. How many times have you told your children to clean up their room? How many times have you told them to wash the dishes? How many times have you told them to take out the trash? How many times have you told them to flush the toilet? That was a loud amen from the back back there. Holy Jesus, help us. We're going to pray for your house, amen. And then you finally get to that point, you're like, how many times do I have to say it? If we do that to our kids, how many times do you think God has said it from heaven to us? Hey, Brian, how many times do I have to tell you to stop doing that? Have you not heard? Have you not known? Have I not spoken it to you already? Can can I tell you this in all honesty? I feel like I spend the majority of my life as a pastor trying to convince believers that what I'm speaking is truth. I feel like I spend the majority of my life preparing for Sundays to convince you that God is still on the throne. To convince you that God never slumbers nor sleeps, that God will not fail you, that God doesn't quit on you, that he is still in the midst of this storm or this life with you. I feel like I'm spending a lot of my time today trying to convince people who have heard and who know over and over the same repetitive space. Could you imagine if we as the church would finally just say, I get it? I've heard it. I know it. I got it. I'm doing it. Could you imagine if we finally stepped out of that place? Well, I hope Pastor's got a good word for me today. I hope he's ready to speak to my life again. Man, I've heard this scripture before, but man, I just can't wait to hear it again. 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 Could you imagine eating the same meal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the rest of your life? Do you still want baby food? The Bible says that we once were on milk, but now it's time to graduate. But the problem is, is that we still want to be sued rather than grow up. We don't want the substance of meat. We want the substance of milk. Let me help you with something. If you spend too much time having the milk, you'll never be able to handle the meat because you won't be able to swallow it. We, today's church, and I'm saying this with love, today's church wants to be coddled. Today's church wants to be rocked to sleep in their sin. Today's church wants to be comforted. Can, can I just take a sidebar for a second? Did any of y'all catch the news this week about this Satan shoe? Have y'all seen this stupidity? This man, Little Nas X, yes, I said his name. Point blank said, if the world thinks I'm going to hell, I might as well go. So he endorsed a shoe called the Satan shoe that is not a Nike. It is, a, it is, it is They bought Nikes. They bought 666 pairs of Nikes, and they've reconstituted them. They've put human blood in the sole of the shoe. Oh, y'all think I'm playing. There's a pentagram on the top of the shoe. They had the audacity to put Luke ten eighteen on the side of the shoe, which says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. If you open up the box, it is souls being tormented by demons. And you know what the world goes? Not my problem. I mean, it was enough for me to go and start to research whether or not Nike had a part of it. Turn me down just a little bit, Mr. Salman. It was enough for me to check into it. Let me tell you why I had to check into it. Because if Nike was a part of it, every Nike pair of shoe in my closet was about to find a trash can. Amen. Pastor, that's, that's stupid. That's it. No, it's not. If the company that I'm wearing on my foot is endorsing the devil himself, baby, let me help you with something. I'm not walking around those shoes. And let me help you with something. If somebody doesn't say something quick that says that they're not a part of it, let me help you with something. It's going to be a Nike burning in my parking lot. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to go that far, but I'm just saying the truth be told is, is, at the end of the day, we, are, we, we, we know the devil is real. We know heaven is real. We know hell is real. We know Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But yet we in the church tend to act stupid when it comes to that. No. No. Well, as long as I don't buy them, as, as long as I'm not a part of it, it's not a big deal. Do you understand that this is the culture we live in today? To dumb us down enough where we don't even think twice about what's happening around us so that we just ignore it and we never say anything? What do you think if Jesus was on the earth right now? What do you think he'd be saying right now? You think flipping tables was something. That was just what he did when they were selling stuff in the temple. What do you think Jesus would do in the local church today? That brother would be showing up with chains and locks. Not today. Not in this room. Because we, have, we, we don't even act like we've heard or we know anymore. We just attend church. We just attend church. We just go into the church because as long as we go to church, we're going to make it to heaven. Let me help you with this, and I say this a lot. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you got, you got a free access to heaven. Amen. I promise you that. You can sit in church every Sunday and still go to hell. Ah, don't say the hell word. Why? Because you're not used to it. Or because you're comforted by it. Because hell is a real place. The Bible's very clear that it's either heaven or hell. There's no purgatory. There's no middle ground. Just so I break it down for you, there's no middle place you get to hang out because you lived a quasi-comfortable life. No, it's either heaven or hell. But we don't talk about it because we don't want to listen anymore. We just want to take a scripture here and take a scripture here and sandwich it together so I can feel better about me. I want to feel good about where I'm at. Unfortunately, today we take scriptures and sandwich them together so we can feel comfortable in our sin without the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's just a sidebar. It says, have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the what? Everlasting. The what? Everlasting. So that means he's still lasting. Yes. The everlasting, non-failing, never quitting, always the same everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. I've heard this statement over the years. Where is God in this? Here's the truth of it. If you have to ask where God is in the middle of a moment, I can guarantee you're not in the middle of the moment. Because when we ask where God is, it's because we reserved ourselves away to blame it on God rather than to stand with God in the middle of the moment. Because we are easy with discarding God and making everything his fault. Because here's the truth of it. We all need a bad guy to have a problem with. And the problem is in the local church, we praise God at one moment and then cry out, crucify him the next. Y'all know the word Hosanna? Let me give you one real quick. You know what the word Hosanna means, translated? Save us. The ones who cried Hosanna the day before, days later, cried crucify him. Free Barabbas, crucify the man. You want to know why? Because Jesus didn't play the trick pony for him. Jesus didn't play the dance monkey dance moment for him. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And if you don't accept me, you can't get through this moment. you got to receive me first. I can't go to the cross and you not receive me. you got to receive me. We don't do this anymore. We think that God is like asleep in the middle of the moment. I don't care what happens in the earth. I don't care what's happening around us. I don't care if there's storms, fires, political issues, uh, racial issues. God is not dead. He's still alive. And until we get that, nothing changes. One things I've come to understand is that my responsibility is to give you the word, not to give you political agendas or racial divide. And if you want to talk that foolishness, keep it to yourself. And if you want to call me a racist because I said it, pack your bags and walk out the door because you obviously don't know my heart. Amen. Because the truth be told at the end of the day is that my responsibility is to give you the word of God. What does the word of God say? It says, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor. It didn't say white, it didn't say black, it didn't say purple like Barney. It said, love your neighbor as thyself. Amen. Thank you. Amen. But at some point, we got to stop all this foolishness. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God? The Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. The prophet here is talking about the people who were captives in Babylon. Do you know what we live in right now? They had heard about God and knew of his power. And Isaiah was reminding them. Sometimes we need to be reminded. But don't keep trying to get reminded. I forgot. Ask my children, they'll tell you. That's the one statement I hate the most. I forgot. No, no, you didn't forget. You just got caught not fulfilling. You didn't for- I really forgot, Dad. I re- then we need to take you to the local hospital because your brain needs to get checked. Because I literally said it five minutes ago. We need to pray. I had a conversation with my son the other day. Something he said to me, my five-year-old, and he said something. I said, son, if that's really how you feel, we need to go to the hospital right now. What? Then we got to get your head checked because something's wrong. No, Dad, then, then, oh, he's telling me he was afraid. I'm scared. He does this new thing now because he didn't want to go turn the lights on. He got kids like that. They're just lazy. They don't want to go turn the lights on. I'm afraid. If you're really that scared of the lights that are already on and the bathroom light that's on, you don't want to turn the corner. We need to pray, and then we need to take you to the hospital because something's wrong. (laughs) No, Dad, I'm okay. I'll go turn the light on. Good. Okay, praise the Lord. (laughs) Listen, I could sit right here and not move one inch beyond this scripture. Until you get in your spirit that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither fails nor is weary. Can I just say it one more time? The everlasting God, the Lord, the everlasting God, even in this climate. Yep. The everlasting God, the Lord, even in the midst of unrest, yep, the everlasting God, the Lord, whom we serve, who we claim our lives to, who we dedicate our lives to, who we live for. The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. Listen to me. If you ever let it out of your mouth that you wonder why God's not moving, I'm going to question whether or not you actually believe in the God you say you believe in. Because my word says he neither faints nor is weary. He is always there. Don't think he's not just because you don't see him doing what you want him to do. I thank God that God didn't always do what what I wanted him to do. Because I probably wouldn't be standing here. He goes on in verse 20. It says, his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. To the who? How many weaklings I got in the room? There's a couple y'all. Amen. I'm not saying it. You need to say it. Amen. Toughness is killing you. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. Just a reminder, everyone goes down sometimes. You are no different. Alright, watch this. How many of you have been saved for 40 years? Good, 40 years. Okay, watch. Wait, hey, wait, wait. If you've been saved 40 years, stand to your feet real quick. Just real fast for me. Real fast. Stand to your feet. Show me. Oh no, we're calling out your age now. If you've been saved more than 40 years, stand to your feet. Come on, join the club. Okay? Now watch. That's like Miss Connie's like, might as well. You might as well. She, she finally finally caught it. Amen. I she got it. Got it. She's like, I heard it that time. All right. So she's been saying that. Okay, we have 40-plus years, right? Right, right. Did you know that those that are standing right now are not any more spiritually greater than the person that is sitting right now? Your daughter, you're going to have a problem with your daughter after church. You better deal with her. That is not a family moment I'm dealing with, Denise. Denise, when I say amen, you better sprint to the car, girl. Your mama ain't dead. She's still alive. She'll catch your behind. I promise you that. All right. So watch. Watch, watch, watch. watch. Stay standing for a second. Here's the great part. Here's the great part. Here's what I want you to understand. Those of you that are sitting, this is what the problem in the church is. We have a tendency to think that because they've been saved longer than us, they're greater than us. Okay. Watch this. All right. Sit back down. Sit back down. Sit back down. How many of you in this room have received Christ within the last year? Okay. Watch. If that's you, stand to your feet. Stand up. Watch. Watch, 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 watch. And somebody said, that, come on, it's a good moment. Watch. Here's where the struggle lies. We think, well, I'm not, I'm not on that level yet. I haven't arrived at that level yet. There's no level to arrive. You're his and he's yours. I don't care if you got saved yesterday. You got saved 20 years ago. Nobody in here is spiritually greater than the other. Can I just break that down for you real quick? And if you have a thought process that thinks that you're more holy than the other, you're devilish, more devilish than you realize. Because that is not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God says, I'm here for those who have received me, period. The cross does not differentiate between seasoned and unseasoned. He says, those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Stay down. What I'm trying to show you is is that there is a problem in the church today. Because there is a spirit that has found its vein in the church that says, well, I got saved when I was young, and I've been serving in the church my whole life, and I'm more spirits, and I know more about God than they do. Shut up. Because you can know and lack wisdom. You can have a knowledge of the word, but still lack the wisdom of the word. Be very careful what you spout out of your mouth, because the moment you say you are better than, you start to digress and become less than. You are not moving forward. You are falling backwards. Be very careful that you do not do that. You are, if you've been saved a long time, bring strength to those who just got in the game. Amen. Hey, I got you. Come on. Let's do this together. Hey, man, I'm excited because you're, you're putting a fire up on the inside of me to want to pursue the things of God even stronger. Rather than, oh, look, look, I'm, I don't know why pastor does it that way. I mean, if it was my church, it's not. <laughs> I, I, I've told this story before. I'll never forget. Years ago, we were in the theater uh, there was a police officer that came to the church, and and he was invited, and 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 he came to church one time, just once. And I saw him in New Orleans one day, and he, I walked into his squad car, and he starts to talk to me. He says, "Pastor, love what you do, but if I was the pastor, this is what I would do. I would preach first, and then do worship afterwards." So I politely looked at him, I said, "I need you to read your Bible." Because worship always preceded the word. It always went ahead of the word. It led us into receiving the word. Worship prepares the heart to receive what God wants to speak. If I spoke before the worship, then the heart wouldn't be ready. Therefore, it would just be opinion rather than the word of the Lord. You need to get that right in your spirit and understand that's how it's written, not just because the way you feel it. Oh, I'm just saying that's the way I do it. It's the way I do it. I understand that's the way you do it. But just because that's the way you did it doesn't mean it's the right way. At the end of the day, we've got to get to this understanding that, listen, we're all going to get weary at times. But God's going to give us strength. And whether you're seasoned or unseasoned, God's still got a purpose for your life. Just enjoy the ride. It's a good ride, I promise you. And let me just give you this last bit of peace information. None of you are too late. I've had people come and go, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm older and I'm just figuring this thing out. You are right on time. Right on time. The man on the cross next to Jesus was right on time. We don't know his story. We don't know his background, but he was right on time. Just understand, you're right on time. This isn't a perfection thing. This is a process thing, baby. Just enjoy the process. It's a fun process. Everyone goes down sometimes. You're no different. But here's where it gets to in verse 31. All that to get you right to this spot so we can sit here for just a moment. Verse 31 says, those who wait on the Lord. How many of you have read that and think, well, I just need to wait? Come on, work with me. Well, God, you said if I would just wait, if I just sit here patiently. Hold on, take that scripture down for just a second. So if I just sit here and wait, I'm just going to wait. God, where's my strength? I've been waiting. You missed what it says. You missed it. Put the scripture back up. Those who didn't say wait for the Lord. It said those who wait on the Lord. If you read your dictionary and you take the word wait on in its context, it does not mean to sit quietly and idly by while God does all the work. It means you wait on the Lord. Those who serve the Lord. Those who serve the Lord. But this is what we've been doing. Oh, God, where are you? I've been sitting in my closet for three days. You told me to go pray, and I've been praying, and you're not doing anything. I don't know how many times i got to pray. Maybe God's tired of hearing your prayers because you keep saying the same prayers over and over. The Bible declares that the faithful prayers of the righteous availeth much. Do you know what faithful prayers are? Can let me help you on something? Faithful prayers are not nagging God. Why is it that we pray and then we keep saying it over and over as if God's deaf, dumb, and mute? I won't use the rest of that statement. I used to have a joke and then people got mad at me for saying it so I don't say it anymore. But, all right, I'm going to say it. I was like, why do we treat God like he's Helen Keller? Act Running around, acting like, I know, y'all get mad at me. See, look, I got somebody going, he's going to hell. I saw it. I felt it. I felt it. I'm not trying to be offensive. I was a bad joke back in the day. You made me say it. You, you kept egging it on. You were like, say it, say it, say it. And then now that I said it, you're like, oh, my gosh, don't do that. It's not fair, dang it. I haven't always been saved, doggone it. Jesus, help me. All right. But why is it that we, well, I go to church. God, why aren't you renewing my strength? I brought my Bible today, Jesus. I even lifted my hand when pastor said it. I even tried to sing. Where are you? Why am I not strengthened? Because you think sitting back and letting God be your answer or being your fix it. And not serving him with your life, he says, "Those who wait on the Lord are you serving God, Amen. or do you just like the title?" I love when people say, "Pastor, I want to serve in the church," and then I give them a toilet brush. No, I didn't say that, Pastor. Pastor, I want to serve. I want. I want to be. I want to serve here in the church. What can I do? Can you work in kids' church? Mm, no. No, I remember when I, I told you this story. I remember when I got into ministry, I went to my pastor and said, I want to preach. And he handed me a toilet brush and said, welcome to ministry. And I said, pastor, I said, I want to preach. This is not going to teach me preaching. He said, if you can't clean their poop, you'll never be able to deal with the dirtiness of their lives. Right. Right. So I cut my teeth scrubbing toilets, wrote the first 32 messages of my life, scrubbing toilets. God spoke to me as a scrub toilets, And then he graduated me four months later from the toilets to the nursery. And he says, I need you to go change baby diapers. That's all I want you to do. I don't want you to teach the babies. I don't want you to hold the babies. You're literally in that room to do nothing but change diapers. Say what? (laughs) I'm not even married. Don't have kids. I am. No. Brian, serving the babies. Then he moved me over to the toddlers. Jesus, help us. (laughs) I learned real quick children's ministry was not the call of God on my life. I went from toddlers over to big... See, here's the thing. He never gave me the option. He just said, be a servant. Why is it today when we come to church, the pastor, I'll serve only in that area? Only in the one that benefits my flesh rather than crucifies it. I'm just going to clap one more time. It just feels good because it hurts. It just hurts good. So many times we go, God, I'll serve you with my whole heart. Come to church on time. I told you this is not going to get easy. It's not going to get comfortable. I'm sweating for you. Amen. Because God's making me say it and I don't like it. Why is it that we tell God we'll do all these things and then when he requires it from us, we go, ha, 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 ha. Not that. I've anointed you. No, you don't have to do that. You lost your mind. God, you you must be talking about Johnny over here because you're not talking to me. That was, I it just, I, I stood up too quick and it hit me in the face. I should have sat down longer so I catch him. That was for him. No, that was for you. That was for you. What are you waiting on? What, what are you waiting on? I, this is my favorite thing. I just love people come to me. Come to me, Pastor, I feel God's calling me this. Here's what I need you to do. Write me a plan. Come talk to me about it. Yeah. My favorite thing to do to people. It's, I love doing it. So if i ever done that to you, I did it on purpose. Why? Because without a vision, people perish. I want to see if you'll take the time to give me a vision, not an idea. I say this to my staff. Don't bring me problems. Bring me solutions. Don't bring me ideas that you want me to accomplish. Bring me the whole assignment and then tell me how you're going to fulfill it. Because God didn't wake me up with it. He woke you up with it. Now handle it. He's already waking me up with enough stuff. What did he wake you up with? And what are you waiting on? Well, I'm just waiting for it. I'm just, I'm just not ready. I'm just, I'm just not ready. I'm just. Then don't complain. I don't know where my place is in the church. I don't know how I'm going to fulfill the purpose of God in my life. I don't understand why the pastor's not calling me. I don't call on you. God does. Stop waiting for me to pick up the phone and be like, hey, you want to do this? Just get up and do it. Step up. And let's go forward. He says, says, but those who wait on the Lord. Okay, take it out of the church. How are you serving God outside of the church? Does your neighbor know him? Or are they going to hell if they die tonight? Does your co-worker know them? Or are they going to hell if they die tonight? See, serving the Lord is not going to church. Serving the Lord is declaring his kingdom unto all generations. If God doesn't slumber and sleep, why are we? Why are we? What are we waiting for? What lives on the inside of you? What, can, what, what, what lives and moves and has its being on the inside of you? If it's living and moving and having, baby, why are you sitting still? Oh, I just don't know what to do. Can't just stand up and whatever, God, I'll do it. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Whatever it is, I want to serve. I want to serve your purpose in my life. I want to, I want to serve your kingdom. Whatever you, do, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Wherever you tell me to go, I'll go. Whatever you tell me to say, I'll say. Wherever you tell me to walk, I'll walk. I don't care what it is, I'll do it. God, I'll do it. I'll just give in, I'll do it. Watch. The word is not to sit quietly, but to serve. Standing, not standing with our hands out, but with a towel over our hand in service. We keep wanting God to serve us when we've been called to serve him. Elisha, Elijah. I love that story. Elisha said, I'll serve Elijah the prophet. Elijah said to Elisha, what do you want from me? He said, I want a double portion of your anointing. Elijah said to him, if you are with me when I go. You'll receive it. In the process of Elisha serving Elijah, people ridiculed Elisha and told Elisha he was crazy and lost his mind. He said, you are foolish. You are dumb. That man's got nothing for you. And Elisha told him all to shut up. I'm not going to tell you where he told him to go, but I can you pretty much figure it out. He said, I know what God's told me to do. I'm going to serve the man. The Bible says they crossed the brook, the chariot of fire came down, picked up Elijah, and the moment Elijah was taken, the cloak, the, the cloak fell down, and Elisha received a double portion. He took that same cloak, struck the ground again, and the water separated, and he went out and performed double the miracles or double the double the, the move of God that Elijah ever did. What if I told you a double portion is yours if you'll finally just be obedient to what he told you to do the first time? And what he told you to do the first time was not to serve the church, but to serve him. Serve the Lord your God. Look, when it says love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, the word love there is also defined as the word serve. Serve the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And serve your neighbors as yourself. Those who serve the Lord, watch it, it goes on and says shall renew their strength. How many of y'all need some renewal of strength? Watch this, I've learned this. When I'm getting weary, I realize I'm not serving like I should be. Yeah, look, uh, Pastor Troy will tell you this. I, I, I move the chairs in here a lot. I, I'm, I'm, I've got an OCD thing that's just out of control, and, and it's been that way for a long time. My wife will come in and start touching things on my desk. I'm like, stop. Stop, please. Please stop. Please, even if you think it's a mess, don't touch it. It's freaking me out. Don't touch it. I used to have teenagers who would come in my room at my office when I was a youth pastor, and they'd literally walk in and just start moving things just to watch me panic. <laughs> Ha ha ha, ha, it's funny. Run, run. I'm coming. Just trust me, I'm coming. Um, Because you can get away with things as a youth pastor, you can't get away with it as a senior pastor. Amen. Um, Parents are okay with you beating their children. Amen. Um, (laughs) Just a joke. (laughs) Parents are back. Amen. Okay, don't do that. Dylan, that's not an okay thing. Okay, don't let it go. Um, But here's the truth of it there are a lot of times I need strength renewal. Come on, you're weary, right? You're weary. You get wearisome, you get, you get down on yourself, you get, you get tired, you get all these. I want to encourage you, when you start to get weary, find a place to serve. Go tell somebody about God, find something, I promise you'll find some strength. You ever shared, the God, shared God with somebody and they received it? Do you remember how you felt after you did it? You were like, oh, let's do it again. Yeah. You didn't care what was going on, you just want to do it again. You're like, whoo, hoo, hoo. that was like the best cup of coffee ever. If you prayed for somebody and they received the prayer. You know, can, can I pray for you? Yes, you can pray for me. Oh, ho, 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 it's about to get real around here. Or you just loved somebody or you just did something for somebody. You will be amazed what strength you will gain out of that by serving others, by serving with the Lord's heart. When you do that, God says, when you give out of that space, I'll renew that strength back on the inside of you. Yeah. The word renew does not, much, does not mean I'll put back what you gave out. The word renew means I will give you that much and greater and something brand new you've never experienced. He said, I'll renew. In other words, I'll fill you up again with something brand new. So many of us are working out of the old rather than out of the renew. We got to empty the vessel so we can fill the vessel. Empty the vessel so we can fill the vessel. Stop walking around going, my vessel's full. God doesn't like a full vessel. God likes an empty vessel because that means you're ready to receive what he has for you next. He says, "Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength." Here it comes. Ready? It says they shall mount up with wings like eagles. Pastor, what do you mean by that? What does it mean? God's about to make you soar. Here's the crazy part, and and I've studied this over the years. I I preached a message years ago called uh, "I I Like to Soar," And, and I've studied. You ever studied like eagles? Like this is crazy stuff. An eagle will get to the edge of a mountain, and he will he'll get his claws on the edge of the cliff. And he'll stand there and he'll just stretch his wings out. And he'll just sit there. just sit there. It's the weirdest thing to watch. Like, what is this bird doing? This bird's lost its mind. Just sits there. And if you watch it, he starts teetering, moving back and forth. What he's doing is he's waiting on the wind. He's just waiting. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles what the eagle is waiting on is a hot pocket of air because what it does is it just falls off the cliff and the moment it comes off the cliff and lets go it hovers and just sits in that space could you imagine if you could just let go and just sit in the wind of god he says i want to give you wings like eagles not wings like ducks (laughs) you ever seen a duck get off ready to take off That whole body is convulging. Like the neck's going, the the wings are going. It's like, and it ain't even moving yet. I mean, it looks like it's having a seizure, man. It's like, like, there's church folk that look like that when they get ready to soar. Like, they're never getting off the ground. They're stuck, dude. Woo! See, here's the thing. God says, I don't need you to work it out. I've already worked it out. All I just need you to do is spread your wings. Get in this understanding. God's not saying you got to flap them. God says, rest in me. Those who serve the Lord, he'll renew their strength, and he'll mount them up with wings like eagles. How many of y'all tired of dipping and diving and ready to just fly? Then you got to serve the Lord, let him renew your strength, so that when the winds come, you're ready to just... Could you imagine if I just leaned into this moment and just sat there? Y'all would all freak out and run out going, witchcraft. The truth be told is, when was the last time you were willing to spread your wings and let God carry you? Here we give you a little little more about the eagle. The eagle is the only bird that will fly fly head into the storm. He likes to fly into the head of the storm. Why? Because he's waiting to get into the eye. Because it's the eye where the warm air is. The moment they hit the eye, they shoot straight up. When God gives you the strength to mount up with wings as eagles, storms don't bother you anymore. You actually get excited about storms because you know that the moment on the other side of that storm is where God is going to launch you straight up. He said, I'll renew you. I'll renew your strength, and then I'm going to give you wings to soar like eagles. I'll cause you to raise above your situations and your stuff. Stop talking about your stuff, you duck. (laughs) Here's the the catchphrase for today. Duck or eagle? Which one? Dear God. Because some church folk act like ducks. (laughs) Quack, 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 quack. God, like these folks. Quack, quack. Like I hate playing golf when there's geese on a Daggum golf course. First of all, it's disgusting what they leave behind on the golf course. Number one, can you hit the ball in the middle of it? You're like, I I," drop a ball. I'm not dealing with that. But then they're bold. Y'all know what I'm talking about? They'll come at you. I'm like, bro, I've got a golf club and I will bend this thing around your throat. Come one step closer, t pink. Pastor, that's so mean. I promise you, you ever been attacked by a goose, you don't understand. What that, things are mean. Church folk are mean. Oh, here it comes. Okay, here it comes. Here it comes. Write me a letter later. I don't care. First of all, stop leaving your poop on my golf course. Number two, stop trying to attack everybody that walks where you are. Live at peace with each other. Hmm. Maybe the reason we're ducks is because we're too busy focused on everybody else rather than letting God deal with us. I don't know where it happened the other day. I don't know why I'm getting this story. But somehow two, two roosters or chickens have found their way into my neighborhood, which is the really weirdest thing because I live in a regular neighborhood. There's no farms around us. But now there's two chickens in my neighborhood now. There's two now. There's a rooster and a chicken. A rooster and a chicken. Rooster and a, y'all know roosters are mean. Roosters are, roosters are angry little birds. Bro. They got talons. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm not getting, I will punt a chicken. I'm telling you real quick. I told my son the other night, if that bird keeps coming in my yard, I'm going to take it out. Judah goes, we're going to have chicken. No, he's going to shot in the trash. I'm not eating that bird. I don't know where it came from. But, <laughs> but man, I started thinking about this the other day. Like, when I was writing this message, I'm looking and going, okay, there's, Believers that are ducks, and there's some believers that are chickens. But God called us to be eagles. Why? Because he wants you to soar. What are you waiting on? I don't make you soar. God does. When are you going to soar? Well, I'm waiting on you, Pastor. Well, you'll never soar then. You'll always be a duck. Because I can't renew your strength. I can't mount you up with wings as eagles. you got to become an eagle. Aren't you tired of doing this? Like, enough. You look goofy. Stop it. Just let go. Just let go. Lean in. Let him hold you. He says, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. For those of you that do run, praise the Lord for you. But for those of you that do not run, this is where I need a strength. Amen. I am not a runner. I don't like to run. I think running is demonic. I think the spirit of God is not in running. I don't like a treadmill. No, I'll walk. Amen. But he, amen. This is the scripture I put on, and I have to tell myself over and over when I start to jog. He said, I'll run and not be weary. He said, I'll, I can't breathe. Woo, Jesus. Somebody said, Pastor, you can run. No, I cannot run. Somebody said the other day, Pastor, we're going to start a run club in the church. I'll be biking. Amen. I'll be on my bike. I will be the, I'll, I'll help gain your strength. Amen. But I will be on the bike pedaling. Amen. Uh, but, but he says, they shall run and not be weary. He's not talking about physically running. He's talking about running the race that he set before you. How many ever signed up to run the race and you got weary in the middle of it? Mm-hmm. some of y'all aren't waving at me right now y'all like no not me pastor I've never been weary a day in my life I'm still running that race I'm doing wonderful I'm in first place <laughs> no you're not <sighs> quit lying cause you've been weary he said but you shall run the race with endurance that means the ability to finish the ability to finish he who has started a good work will be faithful to complete it he says I'll give you the strength to run the race but baby you gotta run the race you gotta show up to the race Stop talking about the marathon and get in the flipping marathon. Get in the thing. But Pastor, I don't know how to run. God will give you the strength to do it. I don't know how to do this. God will give you the strength to do it. I don't know how to speak. God will give you the strength to do it. I don't know how to love babies. God will give you the strength to do it. Pastor, I don't like cleaning toilets. God will give you the strength to do it. Pastor, I don't want to greet people. I don't like people. God will give you the strength to do it. <laughs> I was talking to a pastor the other day. They called me and said, Pastor, <laughs> I'm not going to tell who it was, but a pastor friend of mine. He said, Pastor, I love pastoring, but I don't like church people. And I politely responded with Amen. He's like, is that okay? God never said you had to like them all. He said you had to love them, but he said if you like them all. Not everybody's gonna be on your grade A list all the time. Not everybody's gonna make it okay. This is the easiest job in the world. Sometimes people make it difficult, but you understand that's what you're dealing with. Because it's people, people are people. But God will give you the strength to get through it. He'll give you the grace to handle it. Because let me help you with something. There's Sundays you don't like me. I know this. I don't know why he does that. He's so mean. He says those things and I feel convicted. But well, that wasn't me. That was the Holy Spirit. But that's okay. You can blame me. I'll take it. I don't like when he says those things. I just don't, I don't agree. Read your word. But you cannot, you cannot like me. I'm still going to love you. And I hope at the end of the day you're going to love me in return. Here's the great part, and I've said this for years, I was not built or created. Oh, this sounds so bad. To be friendly. The responsibility on my life is to give you the truth, and the truth sucks. And it hurts. But the Bible says the truth will set you free. And I care more about your freedom than you being my friend tell people all the time, pastor, and it's a lonely space. Pastor, we love you. We're here for you. No, no it's a lonely space because you love me one day. Then I'll say something you didn't want to hear. And then you won't like me for a little bit. And then you'll come back and love me again. But that's all right. We just understand that's the process. But at the end of the day, we're all walking through this thing, and this process together. Okay. He says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their, he shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not get weary. Run the race. And when you get a little tired, ask for God to give you the strength and he'll give it to you. But if you're getting weary and you're not in the race, it's because you're not in the race. You need to run the race. He said, and they shall walk and not faint. I want to say this to you real quick. This is where I'm going to close this morning. He said, you shall run and not grow weary, and you shall walk and not faint. Why didn't he say walk and then run? Why did he say run and then walk? Because God's word says it over and over. He's called you to run the races that before you. But I think sometimes we as believers forget to walk. Not walk in the race, but to walk with God. He said, they shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Lightheaded. wearisome in the moment. Any of you ever stopped walking with God? See, when you say that, people go, no, Pastor, I walk with God every day. No, you don't. And I love you enough to tell you that. Last night I, I got home late. I, everybody was asleep. I, I was joking with my son as we pulled in the house. I said, "I guarantee the kids are in my bed, so I'm not sleeping in my bed tonight." And of course, that was right. My my, my littlest one and my oldest daughter was in the bed, and knocked out, sound asleep. And I just walked I went okay, and so I went to the other room and I caught up on that bed that was not comfortable. And um, I sat there and I was. You ever had those moments where you just just we work with me for a second. You ever have those moments that you know you you're, you love God, but for some reason you don't just feel real connected? You just feel like something's missing. And I, of course, I, I grab my laptop, and I start going over my notes. I'm trying to look at everything. It's like 1140 at night. I'm trying to wind down. i got the TV on. I'm, I'm, I'm just going over my notes. And I just sat back, and I leaned back on the, on the wall, on the bed. I sit on the bed, and I closed the laptop, and I just said, hey, God, feel really alone right now, and I don't like it. This is what he told me, ready? He said, Brian, you've done a lot of great things this week. You've helped a lot of people get a lot of things accomplished. You've accomplished a lot of tasks this week. Even for the church, you've accomplished a lot of tasks. But the reason you feel the way you feel right now is because in all of those tasks, you didn't take the time to walk with me. I think sometimes what we do is we think that the more we do, then God sees us or does with us or walks with us. And God says, no, no, no. What I need you to do is separate yourself from the to-do list and just spend a little time with me. Don't put everything above me. Put me above everything else and I'll work it out. And I sat in that bed and I went, God, I've been doing this a long time. You'd think I'd know this by now. And then I heard the scripture. Have you not heard? Have you not known? All right, God, I knew. God, I'm sorry that I've been too busy. And I've allowed situations and things around me to be done that has reserved me from the space of spending just a little bit of time with you. Here's the thing I love about God God does not come to me and go, Brian, I need six hours of your day. God comes to me and goes, Brian, can I just have five minutes? just five interrupted minutes of me and you. I just want to talk to you. Got it. I can do that. He says, they'll run and not grow. They'll walk and not faint. And I've always looked at this. Why why did he put the walking in? Because the walking is what gives us the strength to run. Without walking with God, you'll never sign up for the race. Therefore, you'll never run the race. Therefore, you'll never... Be renewed with strength. Therefore, you'll never fly like an eagle. Therefore, you won't even start to wait on the Lord. You'll just sit in your room and wait for the Lord. All this stuff leads to a space that says, Brian, will you just walk with me? I just want you to walk with me. When I was looking at this, I remember, I I remember years, 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 four years exactly, serving as a janitor at a church, knowing God had a purpose on my life, but couldn't get there. Didn't think I was ever going to get there, just knew that there was something there, but didn't know how to get there, and I kept serving, I kept serving, and I kept serving. But the greatest thing I did was I kept walking. I just kept walking. I'd go into the sanctuary and worship God by myself. I'd preach sermons that no one ever heard. Have altar calls that no one ever came to. Saying, God, I just want to serve you. Everything I have comes from a walk with him that led me to serving him. I found out years ago that my wife and my kids are the promised blessings of God in my life for my obedience to his word. And not, no, 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 listen, watch. Not my walk with him, my obedience to the call of God on my life. There would be no Tiffany, Judah, Hope, Love, and Asher had I not said yes to the pastor. It would have never happened. Every blessing I have is not because I'm good looking or I'm that talented. Although I'm good looking and I know it. Amen. Amen. I don't care what y'all think. As long as she's okay, we're good. What if every blessing that you have is waiting on you in heaven for you to walk and to serve? To walk with him, to run the race, and to wait on the Lord. Next time you go to prayer, don't tell God what he can do for you. Get your towel out. Make sure it's good and crisp and nice. Fold it clean. Don't just slap it over your arm. Lay it over there. Good morning, Holy Spirit. God, how can I serve you today? Boy, if His Holy Spirit won't show up in that room and mess you up. This morning I woke up and I crawled out of that bed that was ungodly. Rolled over to my side, sat straight up, sat there for a minute. And I did this exactly. I sat there in this bed. And I said, God, before I do anything, how can I serve you today? I just want to serve you. The moment I said that, I swear to you, no lie. Y'all know how hard it is to wake up sometimes. I didn't go to bed till 3 o'clock this morning. I woke back up at 6. I'm running on three hours right now. Y'all go, how do you do it? I don't know. God gives me the grace to do it. Trust me, by the time I get home, I'm going to be knocked out. But I slept for three hours. The moment I said, God, how can I serve you, this crazy amount of energy just hit me. I got up. I was wide-eyed like I had a fresh cup of coffee. When woke up, my daughter said, you come me. She goes, yes, sir. I said, all right, want to start getting ready. I, I, I've been energized all morning. I got here. I was not like, oh, it's anymore. I'm so tired. <laughs> hey, man, I'm serving the Lord this morning. Oh, I got strength. I'm renewed. I got wings to soar. Mm, I'm going to run a race. I'm going to walk this thing out. If you're wanting all those things, it starts with waiting on the Lord. Then He'll renew your strength. Then He'll help you to soar. Then He'll cause you to run. and He'll walk with you. And I promise you, I promise you the promised blessings of God will manifest in your life like never before. Stop asking God to wait on you, and you start waiting on Him. Everybody stand to your feet. If I said a joke today that offended you, please forgive me. If my Helen Keller joke went too far, please forgive you, Pastor. I wasn't trying to offend anybody. I wasn't making light at the moment. I was just using it as a reference. If i bring bringing up goose poop mess with you, I apologize. But I hope you got the point. Amen. Amen. No more ducks. Bunch of eagles. Let's start to soar. I hope and pray that over these last four weeks you've grown a little bit in the Word. Who knows, I might bring this series back and do some more later on because I just like to teach and break down the Word. Because I want you to be strengthened in it. But listen to me. Don't just be a hearer, be a doer. God's not called you to listen to the Word. He's called you to be a doer of the Word. Do the Word. Live the word. Show the word. Let the world see it. Stop reserving to your space of excuses of why you're not. Just step out and do it. Watch what he does in your life as you march through it. In every area. In every area. Church attendance, not heaven bound. Obedience to his word. The fullness of it. Every word in here. That's what gets us there. Let's do it together. Amen? Take a hand of the neighbor standing next to you. Stretch out a little bit. Stretch out. You need to stretch out. That, you need to stretch your wings out. There you go. Stretch them out. There you go. I'm not going to ask you to squeeze hands, although somebody already started. Amen. Can we go forward? Can you go forward? I need us to stop making Sunday mornings a ritual. And I need it to be a launching ground for the next phase every Sunday. What is this Sunday going to do that was different than last Sunday? Stop treating the Sunday morning as a ritualistic space because you want to call yourself a believer. Sunday morning is the launching ground to catapult you to succeed all week long. Don't look for last week's anointing. This has got a fresh one on it today. Look for something brand new. He says his mercies are new when? Every morning. His grace is sufficient. His mercies are new. He's called you to be more than a conqueror. And now he's telling you, listen, if you'll wait on me, I'll give you some strength you never had before in your life. If you'll serve me, I'll give you some strength you never had and I'll cause you to soar, and I'll let you run, and I'll be with you when we walk together, and it'll be an amazing ride. Serve God. Serve God. I'll say it again. Serve God. With all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Serve your neighbor as yourself, and watch what he does in your life. If you stand in this place today and say, Pastor, I love all this. This is great, but I don't have Jesus. Jesus. That's you in this place. You need Jesus in your life. Or maybe you've walked away from it. It's time to come back. You're never too far. God's not angry. He's not mad. He's been calling you home for a long time. It's a great thing about God is that no matter where we are, God still loves us in the midst of our stuff. So whether you're a sinner who's never been saved or you need to come back to the cross, if that's you in this place, you do me a favor, just raise your hands. That's me, Pastor. I need Jesus right now. I just need him. I know you're in here, so please don't look at me like I'm lost. Come on, man. How can you go home the same way you walked in? All right. I know this is always a weird moment. I don't want to lift my hands; I don't want anybody to see me. The Bible says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. I didn't make that scripture up. It's written in the Bible. It's that serious? Yes, it's that serious. I don't want to deny him. I want to confess him. But maybe it's just not your moment, and I understand that. My prayer is that the next time you come here, you'll be ready to receive. So, Father, for everybody that's standing in this room, Father, I declare the anointing of God, the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power to flow mightily in their lives, God. Father, I declare this scripture over them. Those who wait on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. I declare that over them this morning as their pastor. Father, believing that this is going to be a week of amazing victories in their lives. Father, believing that as we cling to this word, as we understand that servanthood in the kingdom of God is a prerequisite for the strength that you have for us. Not the do, not the works, but a desire to serve our king. Understanding that you, God, are the authority of our lives. Father, help us this week to wake up with a servant's heart. To go to bed with a servant's heart. To love our family with a servant's heart. Husbands, to love your wives with a servant's heart. Wives, to love your husbands with a servant's heart. To love your children with a servant's heart. Stop being put out because you're inconvenienced. Serve. Watch what God does for you. Father, help me to be a better server. Help me to serve with your heart, not my frustrations. Help my flesh to be crucified. Help me to have that statement of John the Baptist, Father, more of you, less of me. That's what I desire the most. Father, as we go through this week, God, I pray strength over every person in this room. I pray the strength of God, the peace of God, the joy of the Lord to be their strength. I declare healings in their households, God. I declare a manifestation of your glory in their coming and their going, in every moment of their day. I declare that they're blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Father, I declare your promised blessings of your word in their lives. And Father, I just feel this in my spirit. Father, just continue to pour out your spirit on Sydney. I declare that word over her this morning. Strengthen her today. Heal her. She mourns the loss of her husband. Heal her. Remind her you still have a purpose for Father, take us from this place. Give us traveling mercies as we go home. No more ducks, only eagles in this house. Let us stop flapping our wings, never going anywhere. God, let us rest in you and lean in to the wind of your Holy Spirit and watch what you do in our lives.